On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. They talk about it up there, but individual small business owners are actually doing it every day. As we wrap up National Small Business Week, we learn about the impact of self-employed persons and their small businesses on the U.S. economy. Property tax reform becomes law in Iowa as the legislature adjourns for the year. And in our business profile, a three-generation family business that continues to grow. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of May 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. This has been National Small Business Week, and there's much to note, including a record-breaking number of new small business applications submitted to the Small Business Administration, the SBA, over the last two years. Keith Hall is president and CEO of the National Association for the Self-Employed. He shared information with me about small businesses generally and self-employed business owners in particular. The National Association for the Self-Employed has been around for over 40 years. We represent the smallest of small businesses, micro business owners. A vast majority of our members have less than five employees. About 80% of them work out of their home. So these are the very smallest of small businesses, what I consider to be the core of self-employment. The thing that we do that we're most proud of is we provide one-on-one help for those small businesses in answering their questions, whether those are marketing questions, general business questions, accounting, cash flow management. We get a lot lot of tax questions, particularly in the spring, as you might guess. But people want to have someone that they can go to. Now, certainly what we're providing is not rocket science. It's not proprietary. Uh, They can certainly Google any of the information that we provide. But I think small business owners and people in general like having someone that calls them by name, that they know who they are, that they can ask questions over and over again. And we have a genuine interest in their small business as being more successful. Because the more successful small businesses are, the better the country does. And whether you lean to the right or lean to the left politically, I think both sides agree with that fact. So we just have one goal, and that's helping all those small businesses be more successful. We're happy to do that every single day. And again, a lot of the people who start a small business, it might be the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. It might be a side hustle, could be anything in between. They know their idea. They know the business they want to get into, but running that business and all the other things you just mentioned, that may as well be another language for some folks. And as you said, even though you might find it elsewhere, here's a source that does it every day that can be trusted. I agree. And again, that's what we're most proud of. I think one of the things that a lot of small business owners don't recognize, don't realize, is the level of support that is available to them. Now, I'm particularly happy with the NASE and NASE.org and the information we provide, but we're not the only ones that do that. I mean, the IRS even has a great website with lots of information. The Small Business Administration as well has lots of resources that can be helpful. They even sponsor small business development centers which are typically located in connection with smaller universities in small communities. There's over a thousand of those throughout the country. I believe there are 14 of those in the state of Iowa that are just available every day with counselors to help small business owners. So, you know, I like telling small business owners, 
it's easy to think that you're out there all alone. You're trying to meet payroll. Maybe you're trying to decide to use QuickBooks or some other service. You're trying to find that next customer. And it's easy to feel like you're all alone. And the fact is, that's just not true. If you have an internet connection, there are people waiting to help you answer questions and be more successful. You're the first one there in the morning, the last one to leave at night, and you're probably doing some of it from home afterwards. And so it's easy to feel like you're the only one. But this is a large, large component of the U.S. economy. Let me ask first, did you see an uptick in either the number of small businesses or the number of people contacting you post-pandemic? Indeed, we have. There have been record numbers of individuals seeking self-employment. Now, Jeff, you touched on this earlier, that many people have a, a lifelong dream. They want to be their own boss. Maybe they're taking over a family business. So maybe it's been in their blood and, and they're finally in a position to do that. But what we've seen is many more individuals that didn't have self-employment or being their own boss as a dream. The new usage of digital tools, the ability for people to do things like we're doing right here online has exploded the opportunities for people to look at not just the way they make a living and provide for their families, but kind of balancing their entire lifestyle. They can work from home. Almost all opportunities now can be accomplished from home. And so many individuals have given up that going to the office every day, fighting with their boss, worrying about health insurance, worrying about layoffs. The pandemic taught us that very few jobs are as secure as we used to think they were. And so I think a lot of people have chosen, you know, some chose, some have kind of been forced that way to building their own business and creating their own future. And so there's been a tremendous uptick. Just in the last two years, there've been over 10 million new small businesses organized in this country, which is a dramatic increase. And I anticipate that to continue. A lot of that is the increased usage in technology, the digital tools that we've talked about. But I think maybe more than that is this awareness that people can accomplish their goals of earning money and supporting their family and still be at home to take the kids to school or be there when it's time to pick them up in the afternoon. And I think that's very critical to the growth that you're seeing in self-employment. Now, I have my business. It is a single-member, limited liability company. Obviously, that's a small business, one person. How large do businesses get to grow to be and still be considered a small business? Is there an arbitrary number for categorization, or is there kind of a loose number that we say, this many employees and below, you're a, quote, small business? That's a great question. And I think that purely depends on who you're talking to in the definition of a small business. From the largest standpoint of governmental entities for awarding contracts, definition type things, some state agencies and awarding contracts, they define a small business as any business that has less than 500 employees. Now, in my world uh, and in the, the businesses I see every day, that's a big business in my book. Anytime you get under 20 employees, there are different rules for employment law. There's different rules about discrimination. So if you talk to some Department of Labor institutions, the smallest of small businesses has less than 20 employees. Now, for me, there are 16 million self-employed business owners that file a Schedule C. Now, if you're a limited liability company, you may very well still file a Schedule C, just like a sole proprietor. Those 16 million households generated their own job. Many of those hire their kids to help in the business. They hire their spouses 
to help in the business. Those are what I consider true small businesses. Those that need that extra helping hand. When I go to DC and have an opportunity to visit with members of Congress and I talk about how complex the tax code is, uh, how difficult it is to be able to borrow money even for a new computer, the smallest of small loans that the SBA may not have an, an appetite just because of the paperwork, even finding affordable health insurance. Those issues that you hear about on a macro scale are the ones that those smallest of small businesses struggle with. And so that's kind of where I like to focus on the definition of what a small business is. Talk about what a, quote, small business contributes, because I think people will be surprised to see what a large percentage of the overall economy is driven by something that might be termed a small business. Yes. And it is amazing. To me, again, we've talked about the, the politics. We seem to be more at odds with, the, with each other than ever before. Each side seems to be arguing with the other side. But whether you're lean to the right, you're a Republican, you lean to the left, you're a Democrat, you're somewhere in the middle, regardless of what you think when you wake up in the morning, your leaders, the leaders that you have chosen, all of them say the same thing. And that is small business is the backbone of the American economy. Through the recession of 2008, 2009, throughout the pandemic, there was only one segment of the American economy that continued to grow, and that was small business. It has always been thus, and I anticipate always to be that way. That's why when you hear our president or you hear our Congress people talking about what needs to happen for the economy to continue to recover, to avoid the potential of a recession, you may hear about that. Many of those talk about we need to create new jobs. Well, where do those jobs come from? Over 70% of all the new jobs in this country come from small businesses. So when you think about the largest businesses, you may think about how many people, Amazon employees, American Airlines, all those things obviously very, very important to our economy. But when you hear about a downturn in the job market, it's because those companies have cutbacks. Where do those jobs go? Those go right back to what we talked about before, those individuals moving toward creating their own job, creating their own destiny, then creating other jobs from their new business. All of our growth, all of our economic recovery, that economic future comes from small business owners. So thank you, Jeff, for having your small business, because this is what it's talking about. They talk about it up there, but individual small business owners are actually doing it every day. Keith Hall, President and CEO of the National Association for the Self-Employed, online at nase.org. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, May 2nd. Still to come, legislative adjournment and property tax reform. And later, we'll introduce you to folks who can help you load up the family for a summertime trip. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. AM Radio provides always-on news, sports, talk, traffic, and weather reports. And it's also a vital service that provides important emergency information when your community needs it most. Tell Congress you need AM Radio to stay in your car. Because when cell phones and the Internet are down, this free emergency service is critical. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM Radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text STOP to STOP. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. 
Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Iowa Legislature adjourned for the year shortly after 12 noon on Thursday of this past week. The same day, Governor Kim Reynolds signed into law a bill to limit the future growth of property owners' tax bills. We all saw our assessments grow this year in the aftermath of a hot real estate market. But that market has cooled, and those higher assessments often mean higher taxes. Assessment statewide this year increased by an average of 22%, with many topping 40%. The new legislation seeks to achieve a reduction in future property tax growth, primarily by merging most local taxes into a single general levy, then installing mechanisms that reduce that levy if taxable valuation grows beyond a certain level. Under the new law, when property assessments increase between 3 and 6 percent, the growth in the levy is limited to 2 percent. And when assessments increase 6 percent or more, the levy growth is limited to 3 percent, all to prevent such huge jumps in assessments across the board. Lawmakers predict the measure will reduce future property taxes by at least $100 million dollars, But the new law does not affect local budgets and spending plans set to take effect with the beginning of the next fiscal year on July 1. The measure passed the Senate Tuesday morning 49 to 0 and passed the House that afternoon by a vote of 93 to 1. Coming up, hitting the highway for family fun. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, Iowa. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. Our May-June issue features stories about country music legend C.W. McCall, the Dubuque Packers baseball team, Keokuk's historic Lock and Dam Number 19, and the second part of our exclusive series about Grenville Dodge. Pick up the May-June issue of Iowa History Journal at Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Select Mills Fleet Farm stores, or visit iowahistoryjournal.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Presenting the first employee ownership conference this coming Thursday, May 11 in Newton. For more, search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. In this week's business profile, we learn about Kettleson RV which this past week announced expansion to a third location. Justin Roberts is Director of Marketing for Kettleson RV. It actually started in radio. Johnny Kettleson was was a song and dance man. He was in the band of uh, Tom Owens Cowboys. When uh, Tom had passed away, the band maintained and it became the Johnny Kettleson Band. And they did a show for a number of years on radio in Cedar Rapids and then on TV as well. And that kind of parlayed into, well, people are used to seeing this face. People are used to seeing this personality. And in his spare time, I mean, he was the true deal. He was the cowboy, ranch hand, lived just outside of Cedar Rapids and on a farm in Marion. They loved getting to the outdoors. And they started this whole affair by home-built truck campers. And they decided, you know, we'd probably be better served if we 
partnered with somebody who already made them, we'd sell them. So in 1962, Johnny and Marge decided we're going to start Johnny Kettleson RV. We're going to sell Dreamer truck campers, which, you know, go out, see the USA, the whole Dinah Shore bit, you know, sing the song, and did it out of the old corn crib. They would fix them. Gary, who uh, kind of oversees the store now with his stepson, Jeremy, tells a story of how dad used to have to take the door off the corn crib so they can fit the truck with the camper in the back of it to fix them right off in the old farm, which is now where the Marion Police Station is. So again, more than 60 years of history. And as you note, we're into the next generation mm-hmm. of the family and the next generation of yep. the family and the current facility right off I-380 That is really state-of-the-art. 2005 is when that was built. It was along Highway 13. They sold the property there because that's where the home base was, right on 13. 2005, they had decided to expand, bigger place, built that brand-new facility. I'll always remember Gary said, you know, when when we poured the concrete, I told my wife, that's what a million dollars looks like. And it talked about that huge cement parking lot and where all the campers are. And then they decided... Let's expand further. We're used to eastern Iowa. The opportunity came where we could move to central Iowa. So they took that and built a location in the mid-teens. I want to say 2013, 15-ish. The number escapes me right away, but in the DeSoto area now, too. Johnny would hold court. He wasn't selling anymore, but he would just come still be in the building. That was his favorite part. You know, hearing the family stories is Johnny loved seeing people smile and seeing people laugh. You knew when you were buying from a Johnny Kettleson, you were buying from a friend, somebody that was looking out for your interest. And that name, that brand, that enthusiasm, that wholesome family goodness, that's what we still hold ourselves to today. And that's what makes it fun and makes it great. We are expanding into the Cedar Valley. We will be Johnny Kettleson RV Waterloo. You might remember the old Payne's RV location right off 380 in Elk Run Heights. That is now becoming part of the Kettleson RV family. We know the people up here in the Cedar Valley are a proud people. We know they're, they're proud of Iowa made. You know, John Deere is right here in the backyard and, and made in Iowa. Here's an Iowa made company proud to serve Iowa Cedar Valley families. And we couldn't be more excited to, again, continue that brand, the same service, the same attention to detail before, during, and after the sale, now up here accessible in a shorter drive right here in the Cedar Valley in the backyard. It's a big day for us, and we're very excited to see where the future takes us, you know, 5, 10, maybe even another 62 years down the road from this date in 2013. And what I find interesting is the Payne's RV company. That's Mm -hmm. another good family business that had been around for... Almost the same time in 65, yeah. And so this is a matter of succession of one family business being taken over by another family business. And so that means an awful lot as opposed to some chain or as opposed to what we call out-of-towners. It's just a new family running the same business. Whether you want to go out and and camp and the great outdoors, the parts, the service, the accessories, it's still going to be there. It's just going to be part of our Kettleson RV family. What were some of the challenges that the RV business had to overcome during the heart of COVID, and where do you stand today on the other side? Supply was the biggest challenge. Uh, Anecdotally, COVID hits and you couldn't go to the hotel, but you could go to state parks. You could load up the family in your own little pod, your own little RV, and go wherever you wanted to go. We saw sales in 2020 just off the charts. Literally couldn't get enough of them in. The shutdown of these companies that made them, too. Normally, when you got a company, you know, handing out 10, 15, 20 of these, now they're doing two or three. And how many different RV dealerships are there all around the U.S. of A? 
that just kind of ties your hands behind your back. This is not hyperbole, Jeff. We were down to about 15 RVs on the lot in Hiawatha on August 10th of 2020. As opposed to the normal... About 110, 115, 120. Quite, that's quite a difference. Yeah. Now, but remember, I said August 10th of 2020, the derecho hit. RVs, and I kid you not, we have pictures, we, we put them on the website, as if a kid went into the toy room and just swept everything up and tossed it. We went from 15 to 1. And so much damage. Now, we were lucky uh, being on the north side of Hiawatha. The damage wasn't bad, but no power. And, of course, if you have an RV, I want to get in and see it. I want to make sure it's okay. We had no way to communicate with people. And down to we sell RVs. We didn't have any RVs to sell, but pivot, learning, teaching moment. All right, we can order you this. It'll be here in a few weeks. You know, We can order that. And we were able to come out of it on top. That strength maintained in 21, in 22, and right now in 23, just as strong. It's been a great year because people realize what we kind of took for granted. The beauty and, and the simplicity of backyard, that's coming back into the favor again. And that's, that's great for us, and we love to see it and love to be a part of it. We are a long way from the days that people in their early retirement years would get the camper and take it down to Texas for the winter and then come back. Mm-hmm. These are young families who do this as a regular thing. Oh, yeah. It's a weekend. There are RVs now, Jeff, you could pull behind your SUV if you want to go biking for the weekend, you want to go kayaking. They make a little something for everybody, and it's fun to be a part of it. It truly is. Justin Roberts, Director of Marketing for Kettleson RV, with locations in Hiawatha, DeSoto, and now also in Waterloo. We spoke in Waterloo on Friday, April 28th. More online at kettlesonrv.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.